And welcome to a, another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan Dozell and myself, Son Edom, set the crossroads of faith and pop culture and talk about the various issues that uh, come across the news headlines, whether it be traditional news or maybe Christian news or faith-based news, whatever it might be. And we take a look at it from a biblical perspective. And and uh, there's an article that you wrote, Americans at the Crossroads of Gabriel and Lucifer. So I guess we'll transition, take a road trip from the intersection of faith and pop culture and go to the Crossroads of Gabriel and Luther, and or Lucifer, not Luther, but Lucifer, and find out um, you know what this means because when you look at the the names Gabriel and Lucifer, and if you're someone who has probably been in the Christian faith for a while, you probably know who they are, and you probably understand what they recognize or what their names uh, are synonymous with. And so it really is kind of an interesting conversation to have at this time of year because there are so many people reflecting upon life as we get ready for the new year with New Year's resolutions. Uh, so many people reflecting on you know, the Christmas message or maybe if they're not really uh, following uh, biblical principles these days, maybe they are into the gift-giving, charitable uh, type of things. And so there's a lot of self uh, reflection, self-searching, you know, wanting to do good, be on Santa's good list and all that stuff. So there's a focus on this very thing, the crossroads of Gabriel and Lucifer. And I thought that maybe we could talk about that here on this uh, episode. Yeah, you know, Son, this time of year, of course, uh, is is a time when uh, there are a lot of uh, churches that are reading the scripture passages where Gabriel is very prominent uh, in those in those passages, of course, in, uh, in, in Luke chapter 1, uh, Gabriel uh, appeared and uh, came and visited with, with uh, Zechariah to uh, announce that uh, his wife Elizabeth was going to have a son, and, and that, of course, would be John the Baptist. And, and Gabriel also, there in Luke 1, then uh, went and, and visited with, with Mary and, and told Mary that... Uh, that she was going to be uh, having a son, and and of course uh, talking to her uh, about uh, about Jesus and um, just the, the the Messiah that would be born to her. So uh, Mary, of course, being a virgin, was was confused by that. But uh, Gabriel told her that the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, uh, and. Uh, uh, you know, it was it was just it was an interesting and and uh, powerful encounter, Sean, uh, where Gabriel went on an assignment that the Lord had given. Actually, two assignments there to both Zachariah and Mary, and so it got me thinking about the angels a little bit. And uh, you know, interestingly, um, you know, a person might think, well, is, Ga- is Gabriel is he what the Bible refers to as an archangel? And, and really, there's only one angel mentioned in the Bible uh, who's an archangel, and that's Michael. In the book of Jude, it refers to Michael, the archangel. But Gabriel certainly is, uh, you know, ranks up there very high uh, uh, among, the, among the holy angels who remain faithful to the Lord. And, uh, but then I started thinking about how, you know, the counterpart to Gabriel really is Lucifer, or, or Satan, as, as we know him. Uh, he, of course, was one of God's 
you know, angels. They were all holy when they were created. And then Lucifer went rogue. Uh, you know, in essence, uh, he went uh, left and Gabriel went right. You know, Gabriel remained true to his creator. And a third of the angels uh, followed, followed Lucifer. And so the crossroads of Gabriel and Lucifer, you know, it seemed to me, just based on scripture, is that you can do things God's way or you can do things your own way. You can, you know, get full of pride as Lucifer was. You can, uh, you know, want it to become all about you. Uh, you know, Lucifer was obsessed with becoming the center of attention. And, you know, it didn't work out so well for him. You know, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And, uh, and, and of course, now uh, all Lucifer has waiting in his future, as it says in Revelation 20, verse 10, uh, is, is torment. You know, it says, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So the crossroads of Gabriel and Lucifer points to there, there is right and there is wrong, even though we live in a society where, where many people don't want to accept that. They want to create their own definitions, but that would be then going down the path of Lucifer, wouldn't it? If you don't accept uh, what, what, what God says uh, is, is true, then, um, you know, then, then the, the only other alternative is, is, is the path that, that Lucifer went down. One last point here as we get started, son, and I'll make there. When, when I say kind of like the counterpart of, of uh, Gabriel is Lucifer, you know, some people think that, well, like God and Satan are basically, you know, one, one good, one bad. They're like equivalent, you know, to one another. When that is so far from the truth, you know, Lucifer is a created being like all the angels. He can only be in one place at one time. He's not omnipresent like God. So his power and dominion and, and abilities are, are, you know, gods are a trillion times more than, than Lucifer. So people get the idea like God and Satan are battling and it's kind of a close call to see who's going to win that one. I mean, um, Lucifer is a created angel, very powerful, you know, more powerful than we are, you know, as human beings. Um, yeah, he has supernatural power, but he's so far below the Lord in, in terms of power and, um, and, and his abilities and his dominion and so forth. So, uh, so yeah, the crossroads of uh, Gabriel and Lucifer, uh, ultimately every human being stands at those crossroads and, and needs to make a decision. Am I going to go with Christ or am I going to do things my own way? Yeah, I guess if we left it up to the college football playoff committee, they'd probably pick Lucifer over Gabriel. Um, just, <laughs> right. You know, just with, with the way the mentality, and, and, and it's kind of tongue-in-cheek when I say that, but you think about the mentality of the world today, okay? Um, you've got shows, and this is what I mean. You've got shows that depict Satan. I know one that was uh, – a recent show was Lucifer. I think it's over now. Like, I think it ended its run, but it was on TV and it was um, entitled Lucifer. And then you've had TV shows like the devil devil's advocate, you know, Rosemary's baby and these others. And they really do kind of glorify Satan in a way where they deify him because outside of maybe some faith based type movies that you might see on pure flicks or something, we really don't see anything that would depict like Gabriel, the angel, or, you know, something along that lines, because everything for some reason just, you know, points towards, you know, Lucifer and like 
the deification of him like he's something that he's really not. I mean, he's pure evil, and that's it. Outside right. of that, like you mentioned, you know, he can't be omnipresent. He can't be omnipotent. He's not, you know, a creator of anything, you know, except a destruction, a destroyer of lives, destructions. Um, and so, again, it's this thing where people sit there, and when they look at the two, it's like they're going to choose, for whatever reason, Lucifer over Gabriel and idolize him and create movies and shows and stuff about Lucifer. And it's really kind of perplexing that, you know, somebody with such uh, evil intent is glorified in this world today. It is, Son, and you really have to scratch your head and wonder, you know, what's going on. I mean, we see examples all the time, including even just, you know, this week. I mean, there was a uh, a pretty big deal. Uh, it went, you know, it went, uh, you know, national and, and maybe international in, in, at the Iowa State Capitol. Um, the the uh, the Satanists had been allowed to set up an altar there uh, in the Iowa State Capitol, and and uh, but here in the last day or so, it was kind of interesting because there was a, a veteran, I, I forget which branch of the military, but there was a veteran who went in there and just knocked it down. And, you know, he ended up, I guess, getting arrested for, um, for vandalism, but, but he just said, you know, he just wasn't going to put up with that. And, and of course there's been a, a large outcry. And I guess even the Iowa governor had, you know, it, it said how that's, I think maybe the word she used was just, very objectionable, but I mean, yeah, yeah, obviously very objectionable, uh, you know, uh, but you're right, son, in the, in the culture, there's almost a glorification of, of, of Satan at times and, and not, not just from people who, who, uh, let's say are Satan worshipers, but, 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 but people who, um, think maybe it's, it's, it's kind of cool, you know, um, and, and they don't really, they don't really understand um, the, the, the danger that, that, that you're in if you're siding with, with Lucifer, uh, and, and obviously if you're doing that, then you're not, uh, you're, you're not following Christ. And so, um, you, you don't want to be, um, in his camp. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, and I, I'm reminded of this sign, you know, this week I was out handing, uh, some Christian materials out over there at the park and, um, yesterday, in fact, I had a lengthy visit with a gentleman who's actually Jewish and he was there fishing and, and, and so forth. And, uh, but we had a long talk and, uh, um, and I talked to him, uh, one of the many things we talked about, I, I talked about the prophecies and so forth, but I also, the old Testament uh, prophecies about Christ. But, um, I also, uh, talked with him about the way that Jesus addressed the Jewish religious leaders of his day, most of whom you know, were very much against, uh, against Christ, even though he was Jewish, his, his, uh, first followers were, were, were Jewish. The, the new Testament is, is a far more Jewish book than people realize. And, and I, so I was talking to him about, you know, uh, that there are a lot of messianic Jews today, you know, Jewish men and women who've accepted Christ. I told him about the one for Israel website that has all these great, um, uh, all these great testimonies on it. But, um, oh, where I was kind of going with it, I don't, I don't, uh, I didn't tell him this, but, but I, you know, you and I have talked about this and, and it's in, it's in, uh, in John where Jesus, um, talked about those Jewish leaders and, and they were claiming to be children of Abraham. And he said, Hey, Abraham's not your father. You know, God's not your father. Uh, he, he said, uh, your, your father's the devil. Um, and so just think about that. So, you know, uh, Jesus came along and told the religious bigwigs that not only were they not following God, uh, they were really under the control 
of their spiritual father, the devil. So, um, you know, it's a very striking thing, but but it was absolutely true. Of course, everything Jesus said was true, uh, but it, but it goes against our natural kind of sensibilities um, to think that any religious person, um, any religious person, uh, could somehow be under the control uh, of the devil. Um, you know, I had a number of angles I was trying to take with this gentleman, just based on. You know, he's just, you know, the fact that he's not a practicing Jew or anything, he uh, he really doesn't, you know, um, know very much about, about Judaism at all um, by his own admission, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he even kind of almost started to go down that path about, you know, um, you know, different groups having their own God and so forth. And I, and I, I just asked him the question, I said, hey, um, you know, if you had a very knowledgeable Jewish rabbi and he was visiting with a Muslim cleric um, and they were talking about God, do, do, do you really think that the Jewish rabbi would tell the Muslim cleric that, that we worship the same God? Um, now, I suppose maybe, maybe there would be some sign that, that would say that, but, um, but, but, but the God of Islam is very, very different than the God of the Bible. Uh, you know, the, the, the one true God who consists of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, is um, is very distinct. Uh, he has his own characteristics, uh, his own attributes. Uh, there, there is none like God. There's only one true God. And um, but, but there are a lot of people today, and even you know, like in this case, even you know, a Jewish man who really haven't, uh, by his own admission, haven't really thought about these issues. Um, you know, he doesn't. You know, he rarely goes to synagogue, you know, but um, he just hasn't thought very deeply at all uh, about just some of the most basic issues of Judaism in terms of, you know, who is the God of, of, of the Jews? And so, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, I was continually using the phrase the Jewish Messiah, which is who Jesus was. Uh, and I talked to him about how, you know, Jesus came first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. That's the gospel. And Paul says in Romans, it's first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But um, without spending any more time on that topic, I, I just I, I was thinking about how Jesus said that those religious leaders um, were children of the devil. So to go back to your point, Son, yeah, we, we, we see it pop up um, all, all over the place. You know, what, one final thing, you, you know, there was a big deal made here, as there should have been, when here in recent years there were some of these Satanist clubs that wanted to meet on school property after, uh, after school. And, uh, you know, just the idea that anyone would want to have Satanism uh, around children uh, or in a state capital or being promoted. But, but it is part of the spirit of the age. Um, it, it is part of the world system. Uh, we have to remember, Son, that, you know, Christianity, that, that, that's not the world system. Um, you know, in First John, it says, do not love the world or anything in the world. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does um, comes not from the Father, but from the world. Not from God, but from the world. So the world's systems are out of sync with, with the truth. And, and, and in, in, in a large, to a large degree, uh, Satan is, is ruling over um, you know, the world's systems. And, and working behind the scenes to try to get people into positions that he can use to 
achieve his purposes. And then um, you've got the church. You've got Christ as the head of the church and his people who right now are smack dab in the middle of the world. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. So we're part of another kingdom, uh, a kingdom that will last forever. Uh, a, a kingdom of the one that Isaiah prophesied about and, and gave him the names Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, uh, Prince of Peace. And, and that's the one we're getting ready to, to celebrate here in about a week at Christmas that, that, um, that the Father sent his only son into the world. He was born of the Virgin Mary. And, and that's who Gabriel uh, was talking to. That's what Gabriel was talking about. Um, Gabriel is a real, a real angel, obviously. Um, there, there, there's nothing mythical about Gabriel or Lucifer. They are, um, just as real as you and I, but, but they are invisible to our eyes unless they would choose to, you know, uh, appear, however that works. And, uh, and of course, Gabriel is serving God. Lucifer is serving himself. Gabriel is going to uh, to be where you and I and all believers will be, and that's with the Lord in heaven forever. Uh, Lucifer will be tormented uh, in burning sulfur forever and ever. And in the meantime, um, you know, the devil, uh, he, he's filled with hate. He's angry because he knows his time is short, as the Bible says. And he's trying to, you know, cause as much destruction as he can, just like Hamas, you know, over in Israel and, and with the Israelis, just like Hamas. Uh, you know, Satan's trying to cause as many problems as he can for, for God's people um, during the brief time now that he has to work. Yeah, and Dan, when you take a look at society in America today, you know, you've got, at one point, you had the Ten Commandments maybe posted or displayed in the courthouse, you know, because it was justice is blind and it was that theme of justice in the courthouse. And then someone complains and stuff to take them down. Then you might find a cross somewhere that is being displayed. Well, then it's on public land, so someone complains, they have to take it down. So I find it interesting that, you know, society turns a blind eye to the satanic anything that might be displayed because you could put that same thing, separation of church and state, and have that applicable to um, Satan, satanic displays as well, but people don't think of it that way. But then it also goes back to, you know, some of the other evils of this world. I mean, you think about the transgender ideology for kids, you know, how they want to have uh, genital mutilation surgery, uh, the abortion issue. You know, why are people so obsessed with killing babies? And on and on and on. You know, why is there such a pro-Palestinian support and such an anti-Semitic hate towards Israel? And the more you look at it and the more you examine things, you can see that people are really taking that crossroads and really kind of walking down that Lucifer Avenue because when you look at things that are happening today, that's what people are siding with and that's what people are going with. And it really is kind of a crazy thing because, you know, like it says in Matthew, you know, the broad road that leads to destruction, I guess the broad road is the easy road to travel, you know, do what we want. I know earlier in the um, article, you know, you're writing about the comparisons of, you know, the uh, the genders, male and female, and yet that gets bastardized by the society because they want to have all different kinds of, I guess, genders. You take a look at uh, marriage, and you take a look at how that in society today, you know, has really been muddled with people 
you know, freely getting divorced or, you know, remarrying over and over and over again, or, you know, just being cavalier in their relationships in, you know, dating relationships. And so broad is the road that leads to destruction. But then, of course, narrow is the road that leads to life. And so you really have a a harder journey when you're working on that narrow road. You kind of have to be looking left and right to make sure you don't fall off the road. But the point that I want to drive home is that it ends with every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. And when you look at Galatians 5 with the fruit of the Spirit, the good fruit, if you look at someone's actions, you could probably tell they're bearing good fruit if their actions are based out of love, joy, you know, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, and self-control. You know, that's some good fruit right there. But then the acts of the flesh, which is probably the bad fruit that's being born by bad trees, you're looking at sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, envy, drunkenness, and orgies. And when you look at the two columns and the two lists of things, the end result is vastly different. The end result of the fruit of the Spirit would be something that would travel down Gabriel Avenue or Gabriel's Road. And then you look at the other stuff, you know, that's obviously Lucifer Street because the the end product, I mean, think about sexual immorality and all the, the results, the bad results that can happen to that, whether it's unwanted pregnancies, whether it's disease, whether it's other things. You think about uh, jealousy, fits of rage, being selfish. What about just drunkenness, you know? Um, and so the end result, the end product is something that's going to be highly negative to the person, you know, to the individual that engages in these things. And so when you look at these attributes and you look at your family and you look at your friends and the people you're going to be around, how would you want to be or what end product would you want to be dealing with? And most people would immediately probably say something along the lines of, I want to deal with people that are, you know, dealing with love and joy and peace and so on. But yet we oftentimes will choose the other because for some reason we're just naturally drawn to that bad fruit on those bad trees, which are basically, you know, the product of acts of the flesh. Yeah, I think that's a great way to describe it, Son, um, because it is exactly that. Uh, we're, we're talking about the acts of the sinful nature. Uh, which are the opposite of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And you listed many of those on both sides there. And, and they are so different. It really makes you wonder, how can, how can man, in the sinfulness of his heart, how can he just not recognize that uh, when, you, when you go down the path of, of, of Lucifer, um, and when you go down the path of the sinful nature, you are, you're, you're doing things that are so destructive to yourself and to others. And, 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 and obviously so, um, so offensive to God, first and foremost. Whereas the fruit of the Spirit, even if, you know, you, you weren't a Christian or you weren't even maybe wanting to be a Christian. Um, I mean, most people, at least if they're, um, you know, if they're, if they're sincere and, and wanting to help others, they're going to recognize, yeah, I mean, we need a lot more love and joy and peace and, and, and patience in our world and kindness and, and goodness. Um, but, but, you know, what I think happens is, and we see an extreme example of that in, in Hamas, for example, um, people get 
so um, just dominated by by their sinful nature um, that it, it's like these people. We turn on our TV now, and uh, you know, it's hardly a day that goes by that you don't have people with with hoods on and masks, you know, breaking in wherever they can, looting, um, getting away with it most of the time, it seems. Um, but but without any um, sense of shame or guilt uh, whatsoever. I mean, why do you think God gave his people the Ten Commandments and one of them being thou shalt not steal? Because it just is so harmful to so many people when you steal something that's not yours. But but where I'm going with that, though, son, is that you would think that that even unbelievers would be able to kind of connect the dots. Okay, let's see, stealing. Uh, that, that That's going down the path of Lucifer. Um, you know, giving to, to help people and helping the homeless and helping the poor and, and helping the needy and helping widows and, 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 and helping uh, children. Um, oh, that, that's, that's good. That's on the side of light, not, not, not darkness. And, and you, you would just think that, that people would, when they connect the dots, say, you know, I, I want to do everything I can to be on the side, to be on God's side, be, be, because um, the, the fruit of, of Lucifer is, is so bad. And, 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 and the Bible describes a place where people who bear that kind of fruit, where, where they go, that is, is horrible. It's a prison. It, it, it's worse than any prison we could even imagine. And, and it's not just a prison you go to for, uh, for life, meaning in this life, you know, for the rest of your earthly life. It's not a prison you, you go to for, you know, a 10 to 50 year, a 10 to 50 year sentence, you know, you, you go there forever. And you would think that people would connect those dots a little bit and, uh, and, 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 and put that together. But, but man's sinfulness has so blinded him to spiritual truth that it seems many people don't. And, and they don't seem to care uh, if they're giving themselves over to the flesh. Uh, even though uh, the, the Bible says, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked, a man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please the sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. And the one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. So believers in Jesus are sowing to please the spirit. Um, that doesn't mean we're perfect by any stretch, but we're trying to please the Lord. Um, we, we are not deliberately living for sin. Doesn't mean we never sin. Doesn't mean we never give in to temptation, but, but we're not sowing, um, you know, we're not pursuing that. We're not charging into that. Um, and, and that's not the direction of a believer in Jesus, a follower of Christ. Uh, and, and, and so there are two paths. And here at Christmas, Don, everybody gets to, uh, to think about, you know, do I want to embrace the babe of Bethlehem, um, the one that Gabriel announced to Mary? Um, and, and what does that mean now, uh, to embrace the babe of Bethlehem, who, who, who came to earth um, to ultimately die? Uh, a terrible, horrible, um, when I say terrible, um, just a horrific, uh, agonizing death on the cross. That's what that little baby in Bethlehem came here to do. And, and by the way, that little baby in Bethlehem uh, is the eternal God. He's the mighty God, along with the Father and the Holy Spirit, who existed long before um, God had even created the world, before Christ had even created, uh, created the world. I mean, there was no beginning. God has no beginning. And, and so here you have... Here you have the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, in the glory of heaven, 
And, and you've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in perfection. Uh, and that, of course, was, was, you know, before man was created, before Adam and Eve chose to sin, that brought sin into the world. And then God responded to man's sin uh, by doing the, the one thing that could redeem us and save us and deliver us from sin and death and, and Satan and hell. And, and uh, we needed forgiveness, desperately needed forgiveness. And, and, and so um, you've got light, you've got darkness, you've got Lucifer, you've got Gabriel, you, you, you've got the gospel, and then you've got every other religion out there, son, that, that are, you know, they're telling people to, you know, do this, jump through these hoops, um, try to make yourself right with God. But there's this bright, shining light in the midst of it all, and it's the gospel. And um, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Um, Jesus is the creator. He is the second person of the Trinity. He's always existed. He always will exist. His kingdom will never end. And that's the choice that we all get to make this Christmas about the babe of Bethlehem, uh, the, the Christ of Calvary, uh, the, the Messiah who came out of the tomb on the third day and was witnessed by hundreds of people, uh, many of whom went on then to give their lives for the gospel because they saw him, they ate with him, they touched him. Um, so this is the one we are celebrating at Christmas. And Lucifer, of course, will be active at this time of year. And uh, along with his demons, is the other fallen angels trying to distract Christians and destroy marriages and turn young people's hearts away from the Lord and, and all sorts of, you know, evil antics. And so it's just all the more, you know, just confounding that a state capital would, would, would allow an altar to Satan uh, to be set up. I mean, come on, people. It's like, um, where do you think our freedoms have come from here in America? Uh, but, you know, I guess, son, it's, it's kind of just a sign of the times. I mean, you know, we see all the anti-Semitism uh, going on in some of these Ivy League schools. It's unbelievable. Um, these schools that were started to spread the gospel, um, you know, hundreds of years ago. And now you've got, you know, presidents of these institutions and professors and students, you know, coming out in favor of what Hamas did on October 7th um, to brutalize, you know, innocent Israelis. Uh, it, it just, it, you know, it just blows your mind. And, and um, it, it just shows that, that sin, it, sin is deeper than we realize. Because, you know, we, we would think, son, that, even your, even your unbeliever is going to recognize that how, how wrong that is. And some do, some do, of course, but it's amazing how many don't and how many young people, you know, you know, came out in favor of what Moss did uh, on October 7th. As unbelievable as that is, when they went in and slaughtered innocent um, civilians, you know, women, children, the elderly, uh, it, it's just unthinkable. That, that you would have Americans marching in favor of Hamas. And, and, and if that's not the spirit of, of Lucifer, son, the, the spirit that Jesus was addressing with those religious leaders who rejected him, if that's not the spirit of Lucifer, I don't know what is, you know, because that, that is just pure evil. Well, I think Dan, it comes down to a lot of it is, you know, the lust of the flesh, like, you know, and I don't just mean like, just uh, the flesh in uh, 
the physical form, but I'm talking about our wants, our desires. You know, the Bible talks about having to deny ourselves, you know, pick up our cross uh, daily. And it's something that we have to kind of remind ourselves um, every day that, you know what, the life that I want to live is going to have to take effort. You know, there's always that debate as to whether or not living a Christian life is easier than living a secular life and back and forth. But I think what it comes down to is kind of like conditioning and training. You know, if we're going to go out and exercise, we have to get our bodies in into condition. And so we maybe start off walking. And then from walking, maybe we move to a, a brisk jog. And then eventually maybe we run. And so as we build up our stamina and we build up our, our uh, system, you know, we can take on more and more and more. And I think that's what we have to do is, is train ourselves because it's easy to kind of just give in. You know, I think of it as this way. The, I, I don't understand because I've never had an addiction problem. So I don't understand AA and the addiction process of 30 years down the road, you are still celebrating your sobriety, right? Because if you take that one drink, even 30 years down the road, you've been sober for 30 years, but still a point of emphasis. If you take that one drink 30 years down the road, you might slip back into that alcoholism, that addiction. And it's almost like we need to have um, that type of presence, awareness, emphasis, whatever you want to call it, that, you know what, it takes just very little for us to slip, like one thing to slip back into this worldly life that we want to live, you know, that our, that our flesh is desiring. And of course, the Bible says there's no one perfect. There's not even one. We're all going to sin and fall short of the glory of God. That's why he sent Jesus to die on the cross. That's why we celebrate Christmas because it started with the virgin birth. And, but it's almost like we have to kind of remind ourselves daily of that. Okay. I'm a sinner. I'm going to sin. But I don't want that sin to consume me. I don't want that sin to, you know, be who I am. I would rather produce fruits of the spirit rather than fruits of the flesh. And so it's almost like we have to have that fervent thought in our minds, you know. And the more we do it, the more we do it, and the more then we get into the word, into prayer, into fellowship with others, and follow the biblical principles, you know, then it might become easier and easier and easier. But as we rethink this process, it's almost like we got to take on that type of um you know, direct approach, almost like people do when they're with their uh, sobriety, is that every day remind ourselves that, you know what, I need to continue to look toward the cross. And instead of having the coin, we have the cross that we can look to every day to help us still move forward towards that cross, towards Jesus, and eventually towards eternity in heaven. I think that is an excellent way to describe it, Son. I, I think that's exactly the situation that uh, that every Christian faces, um, even, you know, those who have never had, uh, you know, an addiction to alcohol or drugs, let's say, um, or, or maybe any addiction that they can really pinpoint. Um, but, but even if they haven't, okay, um, all of us have a, a sinful nature that is still part of our, our being. Now, uh, it, it no longer is in control. Um, we have now, um, you know, become we've, we've come under the control of the Holy Spirit and 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 under the control of, of Christ, our our King and our Savior. Uh, but it, it's almost like son when we when we get saved, we're placed into this 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 boat, and, and there's a there's a there's a uh, a, a current uh, that is uh, going downstream, but it's not uh, so strong that you can't 
you know, uh, row the boat against it and, and go against the current and, and go upstream. That would be one way to describe, I guess, um, what happens when we just neglect our spiritual life. Well, then we stop rowing. Uh, and what happens? We start to flow in the wrong direction. Um, so that, 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 that's one way to, to think about what you're saying, which is exactly right. And that is, uh, we, we just kind of have to have that mentality that, uh, you know, there, there's no such thing as being neutral in your spiritual life. You're either, you're either moving in the right direction or the wrong direction moment by moment. I mean, that can be very fluid. That can be very, um, it can happen very quickly where maybe, you know, you, you get up one morning and maybe you've even, you know, you've had some prayer, some Bible meditation, and maybe even, you know, had some Christian music on in the car on the way to work. And, and then something happens and something triggers a reaction on your part or um, an attitude or something. But it's so easy to get into the flesh. It's so easy to just, uh, you know, give into uh, some impulse, some temptation that is not uh, conducive with the Christian life. And, and so, like you say, so maybe the, the, uh, the, the person who hasn't had a drink in 30 years, but if they take that drink, um, they could fairly quickly, I suppose, be back into a place where they're just, you know, taking one drink after the other and, and, and just kind of, um, you know, having a, having a binge drinking episode because it started with one It started with that, that one step. And, and that's so many times son, uh, for all of us, that's how uh, Satan works against us and how sin works. It, they're, they're, it's always progressive. And, uh, you know, Satan won't, uh, won't necessarily come and, 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 and try to tempt us to do something just outrageous. Uh, but he will come and, and tempt us to cut corners, to compromise in little ways, perhaps. But they're not so little in the spiritual realm, because if, if they offend the Lord and they're not moving with the flow of the Holy Spirit, then um, we're just setting ourselves up to be tempted to take that next step with that particular issue. And you could fill in the blank there. It could be a whole host of, of, of issues, um, you know, anything that, that is sinful. Uh, it, may, it might have to do with an attitude toward another person or a behavior on, on somebody's part or, um, you know, just a, a temptation to, to do something you shouldn't do. And, and so we have to be on guard, don't we? Uh, the Bible says be self-controlled and alert. Uh, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Uh, so how does Satan devour a person? Well, when you step into his area, when you um, uh, choose to, uh, to give in to temptation, then you make yourself vulnerable to, uh, to, to Satan's uh, influence and power in your life. But, but if you as a Christian are saying no to the flesh, uh, you know, Satan, Satan can't touch you. Uh, he, he has to wait for you to give him an opportunity. Um, he has, you know, it's kind of like what it says in Ephesians about not going to bed at night when you're angry. Uh, and it says, and don't give the devil a foothold. So if we go to bed at night, we're holding a grudge. It like, it opens up a door in the spiritual realm and all night long, you know, Satan's allowed to oppress our mind. His demons are allowed to oppress us. We wake up, we haven't slept well. 
first thing we think about is that person that we've started to hold a grudge against. And so what we needed to do the night before was to pray for that person that we were being tempted to uh, harbor, you know, ill feelings toward. Um, that's how we, you know, the Bible says, uh, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Uh, Jesus, said, Jesus said, pray for those who, who persecute you and, and love your enemies. And, and so the way we overcome the flesh is with the fruit of the Spirit by, by choosing to love and pray and forgive and, and, and do good. And when we do mess up, uh, to keep short accounts with the Lord, um, to, to go quickly to the Lord, to confess it to the Lord. You know, God will forgive us, you know, instantly. I mean, you know, in, in a very real sense, you know, we're, we're living under God's forgiveness 24-7, of course, as believers. Um, but if we take a misstep, we, we do need to confess that to the Lord. Um, because it's just like in a, in a marriage. I mean, you know, my wife and I are getting ready to celebrate our 33rd anniversary here, uh, in about a week. And, you know, if, if you have, uh, if you have a, a something with the cause of conflict, let's say in, in your marriage, or you say something that you shouldn't say, um, it doesn't mean that you're not married in that moment, but what you don't have until you apologize is, is you don't have that that warm fellowship, those, those warm feelings. Uh, it, it, it's disrupted by a, a word that shouldn't have been said or, or uh, you know, behavior that should not have happened. Uh, and and this, is, this is what happens in marriage, but it doesn't mean the marriage is, is, is not, you know, um, still intact. It, it's just that the, the fellowship, the, the warmth has to be restored. And so with God, that happens as we um, just, like with our spouse, we have to apologize. We have to, you know, go to the Lord and say, I'm sorry. You know, in God's case, we're talking to our creator, not just our spouse. We're talking to the one who made us, who loves us, who is God, who, who deserves all honor and glory and praise. And, 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 and he deserves uh, to have us obey him. And when we don't, um, we can talk to him about that. And, and we can know that uh, he loves us and that he will forgive us. And um, that we can, uh, and then, and then what, what will happen is, We'll, we'll go back to that, 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 uh, that place, son, of, of uh, warm, uh, warm fellowship with God, um, where the Holy Spirit is flowing in power once again uh, in our life. And, um, and, and so what we need is the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. But that's why the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And, and so you know, by holding grudges, being mean spirited, um, uh, using our, 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 our speech in a way that we shouldn't, I mean, all sorts of ways we can, we can grieve the spirit, but, but, um, in Titus, it says that the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And, and so that's really one of the biggest jobs uh, that we have as Christians is to say no. Uh, and that's another way of saying, saying no to the path of Lucifer, you know, at the crossroads of, of Gabriel and Lucifer, you know, saying no. Now, one thing I should say, too, when we talk about Gabriel and Lucifer is nowhere in the Bible are, are we ever instructed, nor should we ever, you know, pray to angels or, you know, we certainly don't worship angels. Uh, we, we don't even need to think about them a lot. You know, God wants our, our focus to be on him. And and uh, there are those, Son, who have... Uh, who have even been deceived into worshiping angels, but I'll tell you, it's been demons who who've deceived them into doing that and, and tricked them into doing that. And uh, that, that is never to be 
um, you know, what, what, what a follower of Christ is to do. We are always to keep our eyes on the Lord. And that's, of course, what the angels, God's holy, faithful angels do. They keep their eyes on the Lord and, and they, uh, uh, you know, they, 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 they worship the Lord. That, that's their primary calling. That's what God wants us to do. And, uh, and, and so it's, uh, it's a great blessing to be able to, uh, to follow Christ. Um, and when we do, son, we're, uh, in, in that sense, we're, uh, uh, we're doing what Gabriel has done, you know, uh, remaining true to the Lord, not going in the direction of Lucifer, not giving ourselves over to sin, um, and, and not making sin, um, our, our priority, but rather, um, obedience to the one who gave his life for us on the cross and who has freely forgiven us. And I think that as we move into and through the holiday season and into the new year is to just keep the focus on the cross, the focus on what Jesus did for us, realize that we're not going to be perfect, but as long as we're moving towards the cross, as long as we're moving towards Jesus, he knows our heart, as long as we're sincere about our love for him and wanting to, and our desire to follow him and biblical principles, then that's the the foundation that we can build whatever it is then that we want to, whether it be 2024, the holiday season, you know, jobs, whatever it is, if our foundation is in Christ and he's leading the way, then all we have to do is just follow whatever doors he opens for us. Well, that's right. That's what it means to be spirit led. You know, if, uh, if we were required to be perfect to get into heaven, none of us would come close to making it. Um, God calls us to live for him, and we seek to do that. You know, it's like a young young girl one time said, you know, I used to be a sinner running after sin, but once I got saved, I started to, to run away from sin. And so that, that's to be our daily, uh, our daily goal and, and staying, you know, deep in Scripture, meditating on the Word, often praying often gathering with other Christians, you know, serving the Lord, serving others, uh, you know, all of these things uh, will help us tremendously as, as we seek to live every day for our Savior, uh, who was born in Bethlehem, uh, to, to ultimately die on the cross, and rise again, um, so that we can live with him forever in heaven. Dan, we appreciate your time. We appreciate the conversations that we have especially at this time of year. We look forward to uh, many more as we move into the new year, and uh, we look forward to the opportunities that God has to provide for us through this uh, podcast. Oh, I sure look forward to that as well, Son. Thank you again so much for, for all that, that you do uh, just to, um, to bring this podcast to, to, to people who um, can then reflect on these important topics that we're able to, to talk about. So thank you so much for allowing me to partner with you on this, uh, this wonderful mission, this wonderful podcast of Sanctified Reason. And yeah, I too, son, look forward to, to many more of these and, and certainly many more in the new year. And for those of you listening, you can check out our website at RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P. You can click on the Sanctified Reason podcast logo and past shows will pop up. You can reach out and email us at SanctifiedReasonPodcast at gmail.com. You can also listen... Uh, to the show pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts and there's also a um, just you can also just internet search sanctified reason podcast and we pop up so again thanks for listening do tell a friend and until next time 
God bless.